We are so glad you've joined us today for our Sunday broadcast of Abiding in the Word with Dave Love, Senior Pastor of Calvary Castle Rock. Today, we are continuing our study in the Gospel of Luke, so let's listen in now to Pastor Dave. Soon your trials will be over. Verse 13, it says, Then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed, and immediately the leprosy left him. I love this. He reached out, he put out his hand, and he touched him. Now think about this for a moment. When do you think the last time this person was touched? Leprosy, it's full now. It's pretty much run its course. So we're talking probably 20 years or longer he's been in this state. And yet he's never received a hug from his wife or his kids or his mom and dad in all that time. People will not touch him. You stay away from me. And nobody is going to touch him. And yet Jesus has been able to heal people by a mere word. As a matter of fact, we see that in in Luke chapter 17 by his word. He has a bunch of lepers over on the other side, 10 of them. And they're saying, Lord, have mercy on us. You can cleanse us. And he says, go show yourself to the priest. You are cleansed. He doesn't touch them. He could have done this to this man, but he doesn't. He touches him. He touches him. And the word touch there is a Greek word that means to take hold of, to attach oneself to, which tells me he wasn't just a, uh, like that, you know? It was boom. He laid his hands on his head, his shoulders, somewhere, and he gripped him. He gripped him to probably the horror of the crowd. Go, what are you doing? Not only is he too close to you, but you're touching him as well? And I believe that Jesus did that in order to say to him, I love you. I know you haven't had a human touch in a long time, but I'm here to tell you I love you. The touch said, I'm with you. The touch said, I understand you. In Hebrews 4.15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Jesus understands him being despised and humiliated. And Jesus wants to help. He wants to cleanse him. He wants to touch him himself to let the leper know, I understand. Because Jesus is going to be humiliated here pretty soon. He's already being rejected by his own people. But he's going to be rejected to the point where he is laid bare before all, naked on a cross after he's been whipped and beaten, and his sores are going to be a whole lot worse than any leper has ever had. So he does understand. He understands that humiliation and to be that outcast. And look what it says. I'm willing to be cleansed, and immediately the leprosy left him. Immediately. Leprosy was gone. This man has been healed. It was sudden and complete. Toes maybe reformed. Fingers as well. Maybe his nose came back. Whatever extremities had wasted away has been reformed. Hair came back. All of a sudden his skin, no more sores. How wild would that have been? I think it would have been very wild. It left him immediately. That speaks of our sin. When you come to the Lord and say, I am unclean, Lord, cleanse me. He will do it immediately, and that sin is gone as far as the east is from the west. That sin is no more. It's gone. That's how quickly spiritual healing can take place as well when we come before the living God. Regardless of the sin, 
that maybe you're struggling with here this morning, God can take it away just like that. As horrific as that sin might be in your own mind, if you go before the Lord and say unclean, God will take it away. That's how awesome our Lord and Savior is. One of the biggest mistakes people make is when it comes to Jesus that they think, when I get it together, then I'll let Jesus touch me. But you'll never get it together. And because of that, you keep him from touching you. He wants to lay hold of you and love you right now. He's not horrified with your sin. He's not horrified with it. He's not shocked at the things that you have done. And he wants to lay hold of you and he wants to take care of that right here and now. This is what he's asking to do. This is what he's asking to do. Verse 14 says, and he charged him to tell no one. This is really interesting of why he would do that. Um, But here's the reason why he would do that is because he doesn't want to get this messianic fervor going so much. He has other things to do. He's just saying, hey, you've been cleansed. Keep it to yourself. Don't tell anybody along the way. Just go. And he says, but go and show yourself to the priest. Make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. So they have to go 70 miles to Jerusalem and show themselves to the priest according to Leviticus 14. And Leviticus 14, read that on your own, but it tells them of the things that they have to do in order to uh, uh, go to the priest, make sacrifice specifically for a leper being cleansed. Now, here's a part of the manual of Moses' law that has never been used before. It's kind of like that binder that's just kind of up there in your bookshelf collecting dust. This is the area we go through it, we we know about it, but we've never put into application Leviticus chapter 14 of the different sacrifices we have to do when a leprous man has been cleansed because that's never happened in their history before. So they have this section that They haven't used before. But we're told in Isaiah that when the Messiah comes, he is going to heal all diseases. So all of a sudden, this priesthood at that time is going to have this man come saying, hey, I was a leper. Check the records. It's written down there that I come from this tribe. I come from this township that I'm a leper. And uh, um the other, Jew, other Jewish writings tells us that, that they would log this and, and they would keep it there in Jerusalem. And so they would find out who they are. Um, parents would come as well as, and say, this is my son or this is my daughter or, or whoever it might be. They would give testimony that this is uh, um, uh, from our family. And he was a leper and they see in the log, yeah, we have that he contacted leprosy so many years ago and he's been a leper this long and, and look, now he is clean and they check him over and then they're going to give sacrifices for that. And so all of a sudden this guy kind of scurries up there and then he's talking to the priest and says, uh, by the way, I, I was a leper and I'm cleansed and I'm told that there's certain sacrifices I'm supposed to give. They're going, yeah, that's, that's true. Let me, let me look that up real quick. Hey, you know, Joe, I don't know if there's a guy named Job that's, you know, but Joe, hey, do you know what that section is and where we're supposed to go? Oh, yeah, you know, blows off the dust. They look at it and they're going, oh, he's supposed to give, uh, you know, this kind of a sacrifice. And, and then we're supposed to monitor him for the next seven days to make sure that he really is uh, clean and things like that. And then he gets a little certificate saying he's been cleansed from leprosy. And all of a sudden, all these priests are seeing that. They want to know who he's been uh, healed by. And, and, and he tells them how this ha- came about, a guy named Jesus. And they're going, whoa. 
which should remind them that, hey, we're told in Isaiah that the Messiah comes, he's going to cleanse uh, everybody, he's going to heal all the diseases, he's going to make the blind see and things like that. And man, and the guy leaves and goes, all right, God bless you. Wow, we've never seen that before. We've never heard of that before. And then what ends up happening? Well, in John, uh, I'm sorry, in Luke chapter 7, John the disciple, uh, John the Baptist sends his disciples to Jesus to say, are you the guy? And this is what it says. And when the men had come to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you saying, are you the coming one or do we look for another? And that very hour he cured many infirmities, afflictions, evil spirits. To many blind he gave sight. And Jesus answered and said to him, go and tell John the things that you have seen and heard. So Jesus didn't tell him right away. He said, just follow me for a while. Watch and see the things that I do. And it says that he healed of many infirmities and afflictions. Well, what does that mean? Well, he tells them in verse 22, go and tell John the things that you've seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed. Plural. So after this guy comes, he has more coming. Yeah? Hey, uh, my name's Stephen, and I just want to let you know I was a leper, and I, I'm cleansed. You've got to be kidding. You know, hey, I'm Samuel, and I, I was a leper. I go, where are these guys coming from? And it's a testimony to them. How blind are you? How often has this happened in your lifetime or anything in the history? It's never happened. Lepers are being cleansed. That's the most used part of the, of the law now of offering sacrifices of these lepers being cleansed. And it is a testimony to the priesthood, the Messiah has come. The Messiah has come. In verse 15 it says, however, the report went around concerning him all the more. Great multitudes came together here and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he himself often withdrew in the wilderness and prayed. In Mark's gospel it says, however, meaning this one leper, even though Jesus said, charge him not to tell anyone, it says, however, he went out and began to proclaim it freely. I mean, you can't blame the guy. All right? I mean, that's one thing that I'd have a hard thing if Jesus told me not to do something that I'd be going, are you kidding me? I will want to tell everyone I've been healed and you're the one that did it. And you know he was going, they were asking him, dude, what happened? How is it that you're healed? He goes, shh, keep it down. I'm not supposed to tell anyone. But it was Jesus. And then they go and tell somebody and then everybody he, along the way, all the way up to Jerusalem, he's telling everybody. He's excited about it. Now, I've always told you guys that you need to be like the Brians. That when you hear things from this pulpit, no matter who's teaching, read along, write down a question if you have, um, or take it home, pray over it, and make sure these things are so. And a few years ago when I taught on this area of Scripture, I had a beloved brother, and I taught on a Saturday night, uh, just like last night, and I had him come up afterwards and says, where does it say that he healed him? It just says he cleansed him. You make this big deal about how the fingers grew back and you know, things like that, but it doesn't say that. It just says that he was cleansed. It doesn't say that he was healed. And so um, I thought about that, and I, I knew I was, uh, I was thinking about that. I go, well, okay, but 
Jesus is able to do exceedingly abundantly all that we ask or think. He goes, yeah, but it doesn't say that specifically. And I kind of knew I was on thin ice because I'm thinking, well, you're right. It doesn't say that specifically. You know, and all he was doing was being a Berean. He was coming forth. He says, where does it say that? And I said, you know, I think I just kind of assumed that. But I, I also, as I'm talking to him, saying, I, I don't like the thought that Jesus would have healed him spiritually and not physically or healed him a little bit on the outside. So he has to show himself that he has been cleansed, meaning that the leprosy is gone. But are you telling me that quite possibly the deformities are still there? That if he lost a finger, the finger's gone? That if, um, you know, if he lost all the hair in his head and eyebrows, that's still gone? That the open sores are still open, they're just not leprous anymore? And he said, well, it just says cleansed, it doesn't say healed. And I just said, man, I don't know if I like that, but I think you're right in bringing it to my attention that he was cleansed, and, and, and can I really make the assumption that he was healed? And so I went home that night uh, bummed. <laughs> you know, because that was a really kind of fun part of the message. <laughs> you know, I don't know about you, but if you think about it, he's cleansed, he's healed, fingers are growing back, the nose came back, you know, whatever. That's, that's kind of exciting. And so I went home and I just started praying about it. I said, Lord, I just don't like the fact that maybe the leprosy was gone. And his point was, is, is that's how you show the person that you cleanse the leprosy because look, here's all the, the effects of the leprosy, but my skin is good. And I said, okay, that, that's, a, that's a good point. And so I went home, and, uh, and I prayed, and the Lord took me to Luke 17. So go to Luke 17. Here's the 10 lepers that I was talking about earlier, that just by a word, Jesus says, eh, you're cleansed. Verse 11 of chapter 17 of Luke, it says, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of the Samaria and Galilee, and then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was as they went, they were cleansed. But look what the next verse says. And one of them, when he saw that he was, What? healed. You know what that word healed means? It's a great word. It's one of my favorite words because it proves my point. Uh, And so uh, it means to heal, to make whole. That's so beautiful. To make whole. I was able to share this with this brother the following week and and said, you know, I so much appreciate you pointing this out to me because it sent me to, to dig deeper. And uh, I just had this stirring in my heart. I just I had a hard time believing that they were just cleansed and leprosy went away, but the effects of leprosy was still there. And, uh, and I believe that this right here um, shows that he was made whole. That, and that's speaking of physically. This word heal there is speaking of physically or literally making whole. And so I do believe, myself personally, that um, he was made whole again. And I believe that every time that Jesus uh, cleansed a leper, that that took place, that uh, complete healing took place there as well. But I love the fact that he was able to approach me with it. it. It bummed me out at the time because it really messed with my sermon for the next morning, you know. I'm going, gosh, if then I can't really. That was kind of the exciting part. The guy got cleansed and he's healed. And, 
Um, but I appreciate that. And so I want you to be doing that as well. Be that Berean because I do, it, 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 it blesses everybody when we really stick to what the word of God says. And then it says in verse 16, so he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Uh, the Greek word here of uh, going into the wilderness and withdrawing is a Greek word that is in the imperfect tense, which suggests, again, a continuing action, meaning this is an established habit. Jesus going off by himself with the Lord was a regular thing that he did, was part of his, his regular routine of what he did. He sought out the Lord and spent time with him. He did this on a regular basis. It was a re- regular discipline of his. In Mark 6.46, it says, And when he had sent them away, Jesus departed to the mountain to pray. In Luke 6, 12, now it came to pass in those days that he, meaning Jesus, went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Matthew 14, 23, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And so if you're going to minister with power, if you're going to have any strength when you minister, it has to come because you've been spending time with God. If you want to know why maybe your light isn't so bright, I would ask you, how is your devotion time with God? Do you regularly get away to be with the Lord where he can pour into you and you can pray? Because there's a direct correlation of that. There's some of you here this morning that maybe, I I don't really know how to pray. Well, when we get to Acts chapter 11, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 11, when his disciples come to say, hey, show us how to pray, we'll get more into that. But for, tonight, for today, I do want to tell you really quick. I want you to write this down. This is an acronym. It's called ACTS. A-C-T-S-S. You know, I had someone uh, tell me after last service going, I've, I've heard of that acronym ACTS, and I, I knew about it. I didn't know about that other S and that it was very important. I said it's the most important. And ACTS is an acronym, and the very first thing you do when you come to prayer, just understand what prayer is. Prayer is attaching yourself to what God is already doing. It's not to try and attach Him to the things you want to do. There's, there's a purpose of God. There's a will of God. I want to attach myself to that, and I do that through prayer and reading of the Word. And so ACTS is that acronym where the A stands for Adoration. When you come to the presence of God, and He's with you everywhere, but as you're, you set that special time where you're just alone with Him, first come to Him with praise upon your lips. In, Acts, in Hebrews 13, 15, it says, Therefore by Him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. The next thing is confession, A-C. C is for confession. It's our sin that separates us from the fellowship of God, we're told in Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And He's talking about believers. All you have to do is say, Lord, show me my sin so I can ask confession. And you know what? He'll show you. Every time He'll show you. Your attitude, your, your thought life, whatever it is. And you just ask God to forgive you. This is building up in you the right attitude to have while you're before God. Lord, even though I have been cleansed, I do know that I still get dirty from day in and day out. And so I'm asking, show me what to have. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, well, yeah. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for that. And then the T stands for thanksgiving is what that stands for. Psalm 95.2 says, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. 
And so we want to be there. And so you can ask the Lord, Lord, show me those things that I can be thankful for. Believe me, it'll come flooding. Do you have a roof over your head? Yeah, Lord, thank you for my home. Thank you for my apartment, whatever it might be. Isn't it nice that you don't have to take the bus? Yeah, Lord, thank you for the car that I'm able to drive. You know, Lord, thank you for putting the blinders on my wife's eyes to say yes when I asked her to marry me. Lord, thank you so much. Many of us can say that here. I mean, there's just so much to be thankful for. You know, there's so much to be thankful for. And, and, and he will show you and you begin to thank him. And then the S stands for silence. Or you could say shuddy. All right? That means that you actually sit before God, Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. In any relationship, you have to allow for the other person to speak. We all probably have people that we know that it's more of a one-way conversation, that every time they call, every time you're with them, they're just all about themselves. They never once say, so how are you doing? Well, I'm glad that you asked. Well, I'm sorry, I got to go. I, you know, and, and, and it's just this one-way conversation. A lot of times that happens with God. That we just kind of go before him, blah, 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 and it's a big vent session. But you never give him a chance to speak. And have a piece of paper and a pen next to you because he will tell you stuff. And, and very practical stuff. A lot of times he'll just say, you know, you said you were going to call so-and-so. It's been three days. They're expecting your calling. Oh, man, that totally slipped my mind. Call so-and-so. And, and they're very practical things. And there's other things that then you go and you actually open the word of God and you pray and just say, Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit would just speak to me right now. And so you read, and that's God speaking to you. And then all of a sudden, a verse will just jump out. And you know that's the Lord. And that's him speaking to you. And then the last S is then supplication. That's when you can ask. But at that point, it also needs to be coupled with, now, Lord, show me the things you want me to ask for. And because of those other things you went through, adoration, confession, and being very thankful and being silent before him, he has probably already ministered to you at that point to show you that the list that you came to him with is now really not worth asking for. Because you see, it's just all about you. And then you just ask God, Lord, what are the things you want me to be praying for? And he'll show you different people to be praying for, scenarios to be praying for. And that's God and coming alongside with what he is doing. That's acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, silence, and then supplication. Well, that concludes today's edition of Abiding in the Word with Pastor Dave Love. Tune in next Sunday as we continue our study in the Gospel of Luke. If you live in the area of Castle Rock and are looking for a church to call home, be sure to come by and visit us. We meet Saturdays at 5 p.m. and our Sunday service times are at 9 and 11 a.m. A combined junior and senior high class meets at the 5 p.m. service on Saturday. On Sunday mornings, high school meets during the 9 a.m. service and the junior high meets at the 11 a.m. service. Our young adults ministry, Arise, meets every Friday at 6.30 p.m. at the church. Child care is offered for all of our weekend services. Calvary Castle Rock is located right off of I-25 
and East Wolfensburger Road, directly behind Jack in the Box and the Shell gas station, right across from Starbucks. For more information about us on this radio ministry, please visit our website at calvarycr.com or download our free mobile app from the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can also call the church office at 303-663-2514. Thanks again for joining us today. Until our next time together, we want to encourage you to always be abiding in the Word of God.